I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yemin Son, from inside his own half, has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the new Spurs order. We are host today, Sai, uh, and I'm joined with a lot of my brothers today, man. we got a good turnout. Obviously, celebratory vibes. Uh, first, I'll start with Corn Michaels himself, mm. NSO's very own era. How are you, my brother? Happy to be here, my brother. Happy to be here, man. See um, the man them handing out some switching music in the past few weeks, you know. We're going to touch on that soon, though. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, some chins are getting checked. Uh, macho man, NSO's Ohio. How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm, I'm happy, man. It's a happy time, you know what I'm saying? Rough. Rough couple of weeks, you know I'm saying, but it's it's a it's a good time to be a Spurs fan, which we don't get to say often before a summer transfer window. But you know, we'll we'll touch on that one. The one, two, three, kid himself, X Park, Owen. How are you, man? Yeah, man, I'm feeling energized. It's uh, dripping down from you feeling energized from the main pod. It's uh, it's reflecting, and yeah, I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling inspired. So yeah, let's get it. You just got to make sure you get Mariah's mispronunciation of your surname uh, back in blood, my guy. 
tops, man. Booker T, how are you, man? Yo, what's good, man? Made a fourth we with you all tonight, man. Honestly, I tell you what. I'm really, you know, the kind of person that works with a lot of pharmaceuticals, but if I was into recreational drugs, they would be hitting right now, man. They would be absolutely be hitting right now. But otherwise, I'm good, man. I'm with the boys. We got we got a little thing, you know, secured. Everything patterned, ready for the summer. I'm good, man. I'm good. Nice one, brother. You got to move that mic from your top. Uh, but <laughs> last but not least, uh, the man himself. We like to call him the gaffer. Uh, we might have to change your name though. You're more like Eric Bischoff than Don Antonio. Uh, <laughs> the theme, but but yeah, we got uh, Dave with us today. How are you, man? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Um, listen, it's a good week. It's been a good two weeks, actually. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been on the pod. <clears throat> um, but And a lot has happened, so I'm, I'm excited to see how we can chop it up with the bros. 100%. So uh, just some housekeeping before we get into the literal shits and giggles, because there's going to be a lot of that today. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at New Spurs Order, all one word. Uh, the Instagram, same thing, same thing. And as you may have noticed, uh, we are now on a new feed. So we are on the Touchline Community YouTube feed. So make sure that you're following that. Get your alarm bells on, all of that good stuff. So you keep up to date with the team. So yeah, speaking of team, uh, going going into the last game of the season, Obviously, there was a lot. There was a lot to play for. Um, I admittedly didn't see the game because it was pure, pure fracker at uh, headquarters uh, on the main pod. So diving into that game, uh, let's start with you, uh, Dave, our, our resident correspondent. What were your thoughts going into the game? Yeah, um, <clears throat> let's be honest. Well, we needed a draw to, to secure the bag. Um it's one of the ones where everyone wants to remind you of what's happened in the past, Newcastle, 5-1, all them kind of ones. Um, <clears throat> but actually, funny enough, the Spurs account, who I stopped following during the dark days of Ryan Mason and then one, um, they actually put out a video about the whole game, I think, which was the year after the Newcastle game, when we pumped them 7-1. <clears throat> so that kind of restored my faith in our final day versus relegated team um, kind of stock. And actually, all week I said, you know what, whether you trust Spurs or not, I trust Conte. And I think we all knew that Conte would get the boys ready. Um, and as soon as the game kicked off, it was very much cleared. One-way traffic. You know, Pookie had a couple, you know, half chances <clears throat> where he's, you know, he looks like he might be able to create something. But for the most part, it was almost like we were just waiting for, um, for us to score. And what I actually really appreciated and what, carry through for the whole game was that actually Carrow Road sounded a bit like um, White Hart Lane B. I think I tweeted about this. Um, it was so loud coming through. Um, I was watching on my phone because it wasn't televised. Um, it was so loud hearing the away fans, you know, singing all the songs, <clears throat> whether it be uh, Benton song, Kulisevsky, Antonio. It was just such a nice little party atmosphere. Um, and actually, I had actually been in Norwich that weekend. And um, as I said in the group chat, all the taxi drivers actually wanted us and were, were okay with us winning because they didn't want the Gooners to get into the top four. So <laughs> they had pretty much kind of gone with it and said, oh, you know what, it'll be a bit of a party atmosphere. It sounded like that. And before you knew it, 
and we put five on it. Speaking of five, it's only right that we go to our five-time, 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 five-time correspondent, uh, Booker T. Uh, walk us through the goals, my brother. Oh, man. It was a funny one, you know. When I thought about the game, I'm, I remember thinking, half of these Norwich, man, I don't even know, you know. Like, I was thinking, uh, these men might have a bit of a jolly up today. I can't, I can't lie. From the off... They were giving Hoybier, Benton a lot of time and space on the ball, uh, making off-the-ball runs, off-the-ball assists. And to be honest with you, um, it looked like it was going to be a bit of an easy day from the minute, from minute one. Um, from even the minute when I seen Benton um, finding a bit of space in, in the sort of attacking oh. third from... Yeah, bro. Can you, can, you, can you use your laptop, Mike? It's crackling like a mother, my guy. Oh, what is it? Oh, one second, so... How's that? Uh, Can try you me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Sorry, yeah, that's sorry. Um, yeah, like even from from the from the from the get go, it was a bit of a. I don't want to be rude and say, you know, they were perfect, but it was just a bit of a walkover. It was um, a training match. Say it, bro. It was a training. You no, know, like by the end of the season, <laughs> you know, they have nothing to play for, and Tottenham came there and honestly rolled them over, like Benton. Hoybier had so much time and space on the ball. Um, Kane, Kulusevski, Son were getting into lots of attacking positions. Uh, Benton, um, who I, from what I understand, you know, was really, really getting into lots of promising areas. Nicely assisted two of the first goals for a tap-in for uh, actually both Kane and Kulusevski. Uh, Kulusevski gave us an absolute cracker with his, uh, with his goal for the third. Uh, and then Sonny's last two goals were excellent. A uh, little, great little assist from Lucas to play Sonny in. And then, honestly, uh, what was <laughs> what was the icing on the cake um, to get him that golden boot, that quality finish um, right towards the end. So you know what it was? It was routine. You know that sort of game. It should be a five nil against against someone like like Norwich. That I, I can't see anything less. And to be honest with you, that was a team that I thought. Knew they had a job to do, and they were just extremely ruthless. One hundred percent error. Uh, anything to add on that particular performance? I just, I just want to highlight: Kulisevsky came to prove something that day, man. Like he was a menace. They could not deal with him. He was in and out. Even when he had these little um, shaky moments, like right before the goal, he had that moment when he went through. Could have maybe put it across goal or smacked it with his right foot, but just maybe lost his balance a little bit. Didn't lose his head like straight away. I think it was within five minutes when he scored that the goal afterwards. You know what I mean? Like Kulisevsky was on fire. Um, Benton Core was on fire. And it's like if we're bringing players in and they're changing the mentality of the team, man, like I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling like I'm trusting. It's the first time I felt like really there was a plan. If you get what I'm trying to say, like an overall plan. Like, yeah, man, I'm feeling charged. I'm feeling charged. I love what I saw in that game. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to hear. It's it's crazy how a performance like that can cap off a season and and almost reinvigorate the fan base before the before the new season. Uh, Owen, we'll finish off with you on on Norwich. Um, did you see any signs of? Well, let's let's encapsulate like the end of the season run. I'd say. Um, how how what was your mindset going into that final stretch? Were you confident? Did you feel like we had uh, the minerals, if you if if you want to put it that way, um, or were you, were you your usual uh, sort of semi nervous? 
Um, I'd say the nearer it got to the game, PTSD was getting the better of me slightly. But just how like that that running ended up panning out for us towards the end of the season. So obviously we had the wobbly games against um, Brighton and Brentford, and um, obviously the term. Um, beginning with S, ending in Erzy, ended up in like being spewed out again. And obviously, we gave Arsenal the initiative to end up having top four in their own hands. But this is the first time since I guess Pochettino where I've had faith and pride that a team and faith that a team can essentially just do the business, turn up when the chips are down and get the result we needed. So like away at Anfield, it's insane to even expect a point from there. But I was fairly confident going into that. Um, Leicester at home, chips were down, needed to win, done the business, Burnley at home, Arsenal at home. And um, when we get to Norwich away, bottom of the league, relegated, you just kind of think, okay, if this is the game that goes wrong, then boy, then we don't deserve top four. But again, we turned up, trusted the plan. And before we knew it, we provided the foundations for not only top four, but for our uh, star man of the season to, to get his golden boot. Yeah, that was that, that was an amazing moment, to be fair. Uh, you could see how much it meant to him, and obviously he's he's taken his boot trophy all the way to uh, South Korea to parade it to his millions and millions of fans. So, uh, yeah, man, real, real, real good professional performance, and obviously with top four being on the line and us literally just needing to not lose, uh, I think it brought brought a lot of uh, pride to everyone. I'd say. Um, can I just say on on that goal? <clears throat> obviously, a great goal. Um, but you can tell from the celebrations, like how the whole team was lifting him up. The whole team, like you can tell, like they all winning it. Going, look, if 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 you got this, we're gonna get it to you. Do you know what I mean? And and once he'd drawn level, there was a lot of attacks where you can tell they were like looking for Son. Like where is he? <clears throat> can we get him the ball? Can we get him the ball? And then for him to score the way he did, where it was like actually, you know what? Fun this. I do it myself. Um, he just, he, you know, he lashed it in. And I think it was almost like a competition between him and Kulisevsky for who could, you know, end the season in better style. But to have a front three like that, and I think it was fitting that they are the ones who who sealed it for us and um, with that win, you know, uh, because Benton Kerr with his assist, but definitely those, those front three have been the ones that have kept us through that 11-game run. I think we, we won eight out of our last 11. Right, it's those front three that have been firing. So it was fitting that they were the ones to kind of give us a little final flourish. Um, and then here we are celebrating top four and much more, hopefully. One more thing. I'm just so glad it happened to Tim Cruel, man. Couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, he's, been, he's been an annihilator before, man. Yeah, yeah, it had to be him. Had to be oh, him. And, fuck, and also fuck Gary Lineker for trying to start that rumour the day before fucking pussy on. Oh my days. That was <laughs> I had me stressed though. I can't let you know. I had bad Owen's PTSD was in like high order. <laughs> for, for, for those of you that don't listen to uh, Gary Lineker, uh, the story was that Harry Kane came down with some form of virus or illness uh, before the game, uh, which obviously put a lot of doubt into <laughs> how we were going to line up. Uh, I think we all deep down knew that it was Fugazi, 
uh, almost as fugazi as some of the comments that were made uh, in the lead up to the game, to be honest. And when I'm saying the lead up to the game, speaking uh, quite quite a snapshot of time, to be honest. So uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. So tell a friend and tell a friend and make sure that you uh, get this stream going because it's time for some story time, I'd say. Um, so gather around, gather around. Un unlike my uh, brother over at uh, Touchy Gooners, I know how to use a screen share function. <laughs> uh, so what I've got here is ha huh, October thirtieth, twenty twenty one, three nil, Spurs getting spliffed and Ollie surviving. This is mm. delightful. Mm. Uh, got a of Dan. After the game, or. From one German Dan, and of course, if 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 you guys uh, weren't aware, that was in reference to El Sakico, where we lost three 0 to Manchester United. Moving on, Exhibit B, November second, twenty twenty one. Conte is a top manager, but what is all this Spurs are back chat? Back to what exactly? Again. Mm. From German Dan. I expect better, my brother. I expect better. Interesting. March 6th. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James champions gift. <laughs> With a cigar. Oh, we in the top four now? Objection, ah, Cap, you're not. He seemed to be enjoying the season around uh, March time. Mm-hmm. May 16th, uh, if you guys weren't aware, this was around the time where uh, these men got slapped at the lane. Mm -hmm. Wins versus 14th place Newcastle and 16th place Everton secures Champions League qualification. That's a good position to be in. If we fail to reach Champions League qualification, we have bottled it. No, no two ways about it. you damn right. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure what... I'm trying to figure out what bottle uh, he was referring to. Mm. Bailey's mm. in my coffee type of day <laughs> on May 17th. <laughs> oh, with Bailey's to suit the pain, my brother. God damn it. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's the first segment of story time. Uh, obviously, I, I, I do have some more receipts, but uh, the temperature in the room uh, just rose just a little bit. Uh, let me just say this. I've got love for German Dan. That's my guy. But German, my nigga, I hate it. It had to be him. His <laughs> boy. He's talking about Splift. And them boys got rolled up, mate. Them wow. boys got rolled up. So does anyone else have some uh, receipt to bring to the fore? What I will say, before anyone else dashes their receipts in, um, where I have to rate German Dan is before the fact he was like, if we, as an Arsenal, lose these two games, we've bottled it. Because a portion of, not the touchy gooners, man, a portion of Arsenal fans are doing this thing where it's like, ah, uh, you know, fifth with the squad we have is a great achievement. We were eight, we did back-to-back -back eighth. It was really, like, we've done really well considering the squad we had, that we're not the fourth best team in the league. And it's like, I'm not going to lie, this was, pro this was one of the worst top four fights ever. Like in terms of squad quality, if we if we're keeping it buck, so it's like I have to respect the touchy gooners, man. Where they're like, nah, like 
we actually bottled fourth. Like, because a lot of guys are pretending that fifth does them a favor. This is the stage in the process. Because I know Arteta bought Willian and said we want to win the Champions League in three years. So you know what I'm saying? Like, I have to respect those guys really and truly. But at the same time, hold that. Hold that. And we need the we need the drop uh, from the North London game. Uh, put back in the intro forevermore because they need to hold that permanently hold that um so uh who else has some receipts i'm 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 liking this this is uh the new segment called shit gooners say (laughs) top top to know and i know you i know you had some loaded yeah man i'm not gonna lie like there was one that really that really kind of got me man because you know about a year and a bit ago well two years now actually they knew that they were recording a little sighting from Amazon, you know, putting the put cameras behind Jose and that, thinking, okay, this is going to be definite car crash TV. Um, to which now, you know, the 2021-22 season started and we, it was announced that uh, Arsenal were going to be on the, you know, All or Nothing documentary series. And um, a certain guy named Guna Talk on, you know, around the 5th, of uh, on the fifth of May, he actually had the cheek to put out certain of the of the wordings of when Amazon signed us for this year's all or nothing. They hoped they were going to get behind the scenes, great footage of a car crash season. Instead, we possibly got a fairy tale ending where we secured <laughs> Champions League football at Spurs' stadium. And to end this, this is what I just enjoyed the most. They must be licking their lips. My goodness, that day we crashed it on them. My goodness, we crashed it on them. Holden, nowhere to be seen. Odegaard, nowhere to be seen. We're still looking for Saka. We're still looking for Saka. Them man tried it. They thought that they could do a little something at our ground with a full stadium. Disrespectfully, my my guys hold it. Absolutely hold it. <laughs> I'm loving the energy. I'm loving the energy. Moving on. Uh, Owen, uh, I know you've got some receipts in your bookmarks. Yeah, I've got one which was um, just essentially my, my personal favourite because, um, like Ohio alluded to, like, Touchy Gooners are still the ops, but they do keep it real most of the time. And you know they'll admit their their shortcomings. But there's an affiliate with um, Touchy Gooners called uh, Legrove. It's a pretty big account. I'm sure he's been on uh, their their pod a couple of times. Um, thinking it's an American based fan, but I think this is a reaction to obviously us getting fourth and it's like you know Spurs bullet points. The difference in the end was the deadliest, in brackets, least trophied strike partnership in the EPL, in the Premier League. It's pretty loaded, backhanded compliment to make. Thank you. They had goals, we didn't. Facts. But let me get into it. <laughs> Those two will never, <laughs> in caps, have a season without injury like that again. <laughs> Spurs will not have the same luck. But essentially, like, even without the injuries, he's alluding to uh, this strike partnership never getting these kind of goals like that again, despite, obviously, proving the last few seasons they are, in fact, shooters. And then to, to then conclude, before the full conclusion, 
Um, but this bit's the best bit. They will be lucky to get 64 points next year. And now, given that we obviously, I think we got 71 this year. Um, obviously, this was before uh, the equity injection that we got uh, yesterday at the time of recording. But still, to not expect us to get more than uh, 64 points with a full season under Conte with those two shooters up top is... It's insane. Um, he kind of said in the previous tweet that they'll get 10 more points than they did this season with the right signings and we'll, we'll finish, what, in 64? With 64, it's, yeah, it's insane. Absolute insanity. Uh, there, there, there was a lot of uh, weird weird energy afterwards as well, like the the sort of a slap-toss type of a commentary where people just don't want to admit that they were the ones who had top four in their hands and totally, totally fucked it up. Like, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is they dropped the ball, they bottled it. Um, moving on, moving on. Anyone else with some receipts? I have, it's less a receipt, more reaction uh, from a man by the act of Baba Blue. Um, I'm sure he didn't intend to ever end up on the uh, New Spurs Order podcast, but he gave some absolute gold in um, what's it called, a Twitter voice note. So I'm just going to play a few seconds and <laughs> I just want everyone to sort of empathise with Baba Blue and feel the emotion that he was emitting after after losing said game. I, I, to be honest, I can't remember if this was after the North London derby or after, after the Newcastle game, but we're going to enjoy it regardless. So bear with me, gentlemen. We keep quiet with the support to the end. Now that the team matters the most, Arsenal has collapsed. Arsenal has collapsed. What did we do you this club? If you don't say you don't want to go to Champions League, why are you selling us dreams? <laughs> Everybody in the shop, Ben White never play because Ben White there are injured. They want to make all this on the apple. Ben White don't come back to score on goal. Cedric, you don't play well since. You don't reach now to play top now. You don't give penalty. You don't start holding, holding, holding the master class. Holding go to a red card. Wow, wow. <laughs> 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 to burn this to the ground. <laughs> I forgot how funny it was. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Dave, Dave, I know you got something. You know what? I, can't, I actually can't find the recording, but... I want to shout out my boy Lewis. Um, I've been play, you know, touchline. Um, I've been probably one of the founding guys, you know, <coughs> old school, go all the way back to the beginning. And obviously, I'm sure he's lived through many a disappointment with Arsenal over the past few years, the 8 8, all that kind of stuff. But there was a main pod that he jumped on um, a few months ago. And I did comment on this because um, he was looking all suited and booted, apparently. Um, he was suited and booted. And they, he was questioned, oh, how come you look all suited and bearded? And they, they made men- and he made mention that he'd popped to church that day. Now, why he popped to church, we don't know. But he, the reason that he gave was that he offered up a prayer for their top four hopes. <laughs> so I just want to just make mention, I don't know which God you're praying to, my friend. Because <laughs> my God, 
No, I was praying for Conshaw. We in. No, I don't know what a big easy church that was. But um, nah, it, it, it did crack me. I did I did mention it during, but at the time they were, they were high flying, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it just goes to show. Um, I think he even mentioned that he paid his tithes and offerings to make sure that he got it in. <laughs> so he might, he might need to check where, to get the paper receipt of where that money went. Um, <laughs> yeah, if I, if I can find the order, I'll try to find it in a quick minute. I might need a little bit of help for this next one. Uh, so... As, as anyone that follows uh, the New Spurs Order account or myself, uh, you'll know that me and Dan Cougs go back and forth uh, quite a lot. And I must admit, he is a balanced individual more often than not. I, I enjoy I enjoy his conversation. Uh, so this, this is another uh, story time segment. So February 1st, of course we miss out now. Lol, it's inevitable. It's not just fans. This is what journos were writing when Conte got announced too. I'll be remembering them when Spurs finish above us for the sixth season in a row as well. So a nice bit of foreshadowing there. But for some reason, my brother Dan Coogs, he lost himself. The only team that have beat us in the, top, in the past four months are City and Liverpool. But now we're going... To start losing every other week, I don't buy it," he says on March twenty-first. Uh, to which SV Carverholic, Carverholic of uh, Touchy Gooners replied, "You man are confident, boy. Arsenal PTSD finishing me. That and the fact that we can't afford injuries, suspensions in key areas. Lovely, lovely scenes. That is mm, delicious. Oh, look at those results. Let's mm. have a look. Delicious." So- <laughs> Apparently, Skeng Teta believes that Arsenal losing five or six of the last ten games is a little bit booky. So let's do some quick maths. <laughs> April 4th, Crystal Palace, three, Arsenal, nil. That's one. That's the L. April 9th, Brighton, two, Arsenal, one. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Southampton one, Arsenal nil. (laughs) We'll skip over there. We'll skip over there. Mm. Uh, Let's go fast forward to uh, Thursday, 12th of May, Tottenham Hotspur three, Arsenal nil. Mm. It's looking like they haven't won uh, all of those games, she said, because Newcastle two, Arsenal nil on the 16th of May. Boy, lads, it's it's looking a bit crazy out here, man. Uh, guys were writing checks that they could not cash. A lot of broad, <laughs> predi- very very boastful predictions. A lot of energy. A lot of uh, four storms, and the four. How beautiful it was! I have to say, I think the most one of my favorite parts of you know that run of L's sandwiching the few W's they did have. I remember. You know, a certain fan base, the Coppin guys, you know, were dunking on us after they signed Luis Diaz. And fairly so, you know, we, we got a bit excited um, about, you know, clearly talented player. And we got gazumped, you know, by 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 my neighbours, in effect, because I, I live in L15. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I thought it was absolutely delicious that the one and only Bruno Guimaraes, the much lauded Bruno, <laughs> the, the only Bruno that I actually take into account in the Prem, was the one who solidified the crashing on them 
at St. James. Can I say St. James's Park? Is it Sports Direct Arena? Is it still that? Whichever one it is. St. James's, no. Yeah. I just thought it was extra delicious that of all the players to do it, it was a half-fit Benoit own goal and the only Bruno we recognised crashed on them as well. <laughs> delicious indeed. And and I, I think... Found I, think what this... I found the audio. Oh, oh, yeah. oh go ahead, load, load it up. Load it up, my brother. <laughs> where did you, you come from? You know, I had to give my offering, you know, for Arsenal to get into the top four. So I just come back from church. And it's, uh, <laughs> The fact you went to church because you were definitely. <laughs> it's time to be a believer, you know. We're believing. God, God's child told me, you know, we need to spend more time in the presence of God. So I gave my time today, you know, to make top four. And, you know, we, we, put, we put it all in the hands of God now. Yeah. Hey, my God is good. His God has sips for hands. It's mad out here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Crazy, dog. Listen, <laughs> Listen, my man said that we put it in the hands of God. So obviously God must be a Spurs fan. Let's go. <laughs> You've got to love it. You've got to love it. So lads, obviously what, 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 those, uh, what those tweets uh, indicate is that we've had a long, hard season. Pause. Um, a lot of ups and downs, obviously, it's only right that we sort of contextualize everything. Obviously, we got the result in the end, but it wasn't all uh, sunshines and rainbows. Shout out to the uh, last day at Wild Lane. Um, so, lads, what I want to do is get your grades for the season. Obviously, within the context of it, we started the season with uh, we don't talk about new no, no, no. And by around November time, we got Antonio Conte. So I'll start with you, Tops. Uh, what were your thoughts going into the season in terms of predictions? And what do you feel is a fair grade for where we ended up? Two part. Um, uh, personally, like, I just felt like uh, Nuno was automatically the wrong uh the wrong appointment i personally felt and I, I remember saying as well i felt like he was a manager that failed upwards and um because we were so incompetent in our scrambling for a manager um i felt like it was the only thing that could it was the only sort of option that we were left with to be honest um after some horrible names were put into that app as well uh, uh i can't say that i i felt like um some of the players that we signed were going to be like amazing. I always kind of had my doubts about the current guys, but I, I wasn't really moved by Emerson. And to be honest with you, even after the the sort of positive start we had in the season, oh, oh, sorry. can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. still a little rough, but sorry, finish sorry. up. Finish. Um, even after the, like, the positive start that we had to the season, I could I could kind of tell that it really wasn't sustainable just because the style of play didn't really it wasn't inspiring at all um there were no real numbers no real metrics that kind of pointed to it being a, a style of football that we could kind of continue doing throughout the season um and it looked like there were lots of gaps lots of gaps that needed to be filled and obviously um after those first 11 games 
it was very, very obvious, even the way that he was picking the team, the way the team was playing, and obviously the results that we were getting. So to be honest with you, um, a change was needed. Like, like you said, uh, Sai, it was good that uh, Daniel Levard just decided to run it back and bring Conte in. Um, I know Conte is a, he's a, he's a brilliant manager. I know that he has a lot of, well, a really positive and, you know, inspiring sort of reputation behind him. But if anything, what we needed the foremost was just uh, a coach, someone to try, to try and get these players playing in a way that suits their skill sets. And honestly, he did. I felt like whilst he spent a number of months getting to know the players, getting to know the kind of style of how some players fit in different systems, different formations, I kind of felt that he revived our season. Um, in many 100%. respects, I always kind of gave this season for him as being not a free pass, but I was happy to take anything that he would do for us because I felt like he's the sort of manager that needs to take it from the beginning with a, with a full preseason, with a choice of his own players and playing the, playing the way that he wants to. So honestly, it's a huge, huge bonus that we even got to this point. I'm not going to lie. I... I wasn't sure that we could get it, but just because a mixture of things with regards to how poor some of the other teams were, the run of form that we had, and also looking just at the run of games that we had towards the end of the season, I probably kind of still felt that maybe just before the Man City game, it wasn't really possible. After the Man City game, I kind of started to believe we lost immediately to Burnley, but I always still felt that with number of games we had in hand and us playing better on the Conte that it was always going to it was closely going to come to a bit of a head towards the end of the season so in yeah. all in all like in terms of a grading I'm going to give us a B minus I'm going to give us a B minus because I don't think we were excellent or good at any point this season apart from towards the end and I actually think if anything we have exceeded Way exceeded our expectations of this season, based on how we started. I think that's I think that's fair, uh, Owen. So, with in the lead up to us sort of uh, getting Conte, obviously the group chat was pretty 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 aggressive at times. Uh, no one was happy with Nuno. Uh, I can't believe I said his name. And obviously the the idea of us potentially going back for Conte was almost a pipe dream to some. Uh, obviously, with you being one of the people that is a bit more supportive of Enoch, what were your expectations and did you feel like they would be able to get us back into a situation where we could uh, salvage the season? Um, to be fair, I don't think I would say I was, I'd be a supporter of Enoch, but maybe <laughs> more a levy sympathiser and I kind of separate the two. Um Obviously, going into this summer should be a different story, but we'll get into that. Um, obviously, in the lead up to Conte, it's obviously we had you know who as manager, and obviously that the expectations were so uninspiring. I don't think anyone would have put us higher than sixth to finish in the league this year. Uh, we started what was essentially this uninspiring project with Paratigi. We signed younger players um we weren't really looking to qualify for the champions league and it was weird like you felt like 
uh, Parasichi and um, other powers that be were kind of shoehorning uh, you know who to kind of play a four at the back and um, and try and play in a way which they thought suited the team instead of what actually worked for um, you know who at his previous club. Um, see that didn't last long and getting Conte I I feel I was one of the few people that believed we could get him if we did go back into him I'm not sure about the optimism for others I remember doing a poll on the Twitter account I think it was like 70-80% in favour of saying you know we got absolutely no chance in hell Um, but I like to believe um, one Levy's still listening to the fans. He's been very reactive since, uh, well, I guess this time last year. Um, and obviously he's he's got nowhere else to go. Gone in for him, used the connection for Paratigi, and you saw Conte's blueprint straight away. And actually having a structure that we can use to play out with, and obviously. Conte has got credit in the bank. I do feel vindicated as well in the sense that I said from the start of the season, I thought we'd always suited like a three slash five at the back structure. I thought like that's what our players suited the best. So we didn't have the best defence either. So that would give them For a bit context, of protection. For context, that was uh, in favour of Potable, wasn't it? Uh, it was in favour of Potable. I thought Nuno, if anything, would play that as well because that that's essentially the formation he used for most of his time at Wolves. Um, but yeah, it was in favour of Portable because we'd already we had already tried for Conte in that summer and failed. So I felt like in that time Potter was the best viable option we could get because Brendan Rogers had turned us down as well, right? So um again, yeah, um I don't think that was the worst shout seeing how Brighton performed this year, but you know, it's not quite Conte. And um just a quick fast forward. Um, we obviously started really, really well. He had a bit of an unbeaten run and we went into a difficult Christmas period or January period up until the the Burnley game, uh, which he obviously went on that infamous run, which I think he tried to play off as like tactical to kind of motivate his players and um, have Levy, I guess, on his toes. But... Yeah, um, that that is essentially the turning point. Indeed, indeed. And speaking speaking of that turning point, obviously, before before I move on, do give us a, a letter grade for how we ended up this season. Uh, so, what 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 would you give it on a grade oh, scale? <laughs> to give a grade, um, my bad, I forgot to give. So, from the start of the season, we've massively overachieved so i've got to give it an a plus i've got a- to give it an a plus there's what? no there's we would have been able to that, that that's as good as we could have possibly done like maybe with one more win we could have finished above chelsea but it doesn't matter we've Fair got enough. the fourth we can kick on and you know we've got this cheeky little investment now so you know we'll see you, if we can beat skipping ahead. i'm gonna mute you in a sec and, and you gave it a plus i'm 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 disappointed there. <laughs> uh, error on 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 the topic of that sort of uh, weird period where we went through, where Conte ignited a lot of the haters into saying, "See, he's not even going to last a season." 
obviously there were a lot of murmurs about us doubling back for an ex-manager, uh, one Maurizio Pochettino. Obviously, you're one of the more vocal uh, people when it comes to the romanticism around the club. Uh, how were you feeling around that time? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Um, I can't lie. I, will, I have to take extended leave. Um, I was stressed. <laughs> From being a Spurs fan, like I was, I was kind of stressed. It's not that I dislike Pochettino; it's that I remember the the down times. I remember, you know what I mean? Like I remember the bad times, man. And um, I thought, for example, like in that, like if if we if we take ourselves back, maybe like four months ago, and we just think before, like um, we started, I guess, appreciating some of the things that Levy's done, like Conte hasn't come in. Um, it was a thing like, wow, are we going to go into like the next year with, with uh, um, Conte sort of that's uh, disgruntled? He's about to leave at any moment. Levy's not supporting him and, and Enix not going to support him. Are we going to go into that or are we going to go back for a manager as well like Pochettino who we've already seen can't really challenge um, Levy on that level? Like he can make slight comments, but he's never challenged um, Levy on the level that Conte's kind of put the or, put the pressure on him that Conte has put on him. So, I mean, um, I'm glad. I'm so glad we didn't go down that path. Um, all respect to Pochettino, but I'm glad we didn't go back to him. And I'm glad that, um, like, there was some shame put on Enik. There was some shame put on Levy because um, I'm probably one of one of the <laughs> people that support him a bit, a bit more in this group, man. But um, to be honest, like, I'm glad. I think he's doubled back on his mistake. And he's made it work out, man. Like, they know we're back in top four. There's no way we can go into another season without supporting the manager that got us into top four. It would be ridiculous. 100%. And and in terms of how the season ended and, and with the context of the entire season, what would be your grade? Um, so, I agree with, with Owen in, in some ways about um, we definitely overperformed uh, in terms of, like, our whole season grade. But I would have to downgrade it for certain players, like certain individuals, how they've performed across the season. Um, no names, what, you know, people like Emerson, Rebier, um, Regulon, I'm sorry, but you're, you're up there too. Um, and you know what, I'm going to downgrade it to roughly like about a B and say that there's definitely been some positives, man. But if we don't deal with some of these negatives, then yeah, it's going to affect us next, next season too. 100%. Uh, speaking of players and obviously the the sort of uh, transition into 
a better spell under Conte. Uh, myself and you, Dave, uh, we did a Conte expose uh, before he joined. And we ran a lot through his tactical style, uh, his philosophies. And we, we we basically spoke about like what additions would be needed for the team. Obviously, going into January, we didn't really know what to expect. How how how? What what are your biggest takeaways from that January window? Because obviously we we know the positives, but encapsulate the whole thing. Well, I think I think the, for me, the biggest thing about January wasn't just the two we got in, but actually the ones that we let go. Um, it's the fact that he realised that <clears throat> even against NS Mora, um, that also couldn't tie his shoelaces. Um, he realised that. You know, even against who was it that we played in the FA Cup, Morecambe, whoever, um, and Dombley was 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 strolling around the place. Um, I think it's just it's just that kind of coming to that realization. Going right, just get them out. <clears throat> Doesn't matter how they get out, just get them out of here. I'm not going to play them. I'm not going to work with them. I'm not going to persist with them. Um, and to shift what four players and get two in, um, and for the two to have that kind of input. I think we have to go and say, yeah, brilliant. That's a brilliant transfer window. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, and if you, you know, banter aside, you look to all the different commentaries on the past two weeks of, of the season, the last two weeks of the season, and it's ended, and the week since, everyone's talked about the fact that the reason why Spurs were able to be in the position we're in is because of those two signings, right? If you swap Kulisovsky for Lucas Moura, um, or Deli Ali playing in an in a advanced role. If we swap Benton Kerr for Harry Winks or an Ndombele or Lacelso, we're not in the top four. And that's that's the reality of the situation. Do you know what I mean? And whether these players, you know, they come back and they stay or they, they're going, they're being sold for peanuts or whatever, they did not contribute to us getting to where we got to. So January was very crucial. And I think that is, for me, before Burnley, I think January was where it all turned around. Because even when those players came in, we could see they had something. Okay, and I think you have to remember generally we had injuries. Romero was out for six weeks. You know, when we had that, you know, back to back to back <laughs> um weeks of playing Chelsea, you know, we didn't have Romero. We we ended up playing one of those games with like six defenders on the pitch. Um with number two playing as like a right winger or something, you know, or left winger. I can't remember where he was on. So it's it's you know, we had a lot of issues to deal with. Coming out from like you know COVID in December, injuries, all that kind of stuff. So for for them to have a positive January and then to see the impact of that, and like I said, to finish off the season with those two players, Benton Kerr and Kulisevsky, being so critical and getting us up and running, and then obviously Son and Kane, the main men, uh, finished it off for us. Um, you know with, with those with those goals. So. I think, yeah, we can't deny it's been crucial. Um, if I was to give the season a lesser grade, I'd, I'd probably go with a B plus. Um, you guys know me, I work in a school. I always like to have a bit of room for my students to be stretched and challenged. Um, so I'm looking at Spurs now going, right, you did what you did, but let's be honest, you got it because United were in free fall and you're not and Arsenal are Spursy. Um <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have their own word for it, man. They wouldn't need their own <laughs> word for it. Honestly. But yeah, you know, you think about it, it's been six, uh, to be honest, as much as we banter and whatever, we play the audios and stuff, it has been six years. Like, it actually has been six years where, since they finished above us in the league. We've qualified for the Champions League, I think, four out of those six years. Like, 
actually, this whole thing about Spurs are back to where? Well, we're back to finishing the top four because in the past decade, that's what we've been doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, check the receipts. So, I think it's just a case of us now using this as a springboard. Let's back Conte. Um, let's get the players in that we need and let's push on and see what we can do next season. Um, solidify the top four place, get some silverware. Let's see what happens. Eloquently put. Uh, Ohio, so with with us ending the season uh, in such a visceral battle for the top four, uh, did you feel like at any stage it was in doubt or did you feel like we had we had the upper hand? Um, I'm going to be so honest with you. I think it only really became a possibility to me um, maybe just before the Arsenal game because I feel like they'd won. Did they, did they lose the game just before us? I feel like they lost. Did they lose Brighton one nil, something like that? Let me uh, let me pull up my receipts. It was, I, f- I feel like it was something along those lines. Um, I was a bit worried because obviously a lot of our form was win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I was I can't lie, I didn't actually think. I thought we were going to lose out by the skin of our teeth. Um, it would have been good banter to see Arsenal, you know, get excited at finishing second in the Champions League group. Um, and then, you know, getting absolutely slapped in around 16, probably another 10-2 on the cards. That would have been great to watch. Um, but I think the possibility came when I saw, like, we just looked really good in the North London derby. Like, yeah, the first 20 was a bit it was a bit shaky, you know what I mean? But we just, like, and, you know, everyone can say 10 men, but at the end of the day, how many games have we played? There's been times we've played 10 men and we've not looked that threatening. Do you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was nice for a change to see, okay, for a change, we've smelt blood. And we're going for the juggler even more. Whereas the last couple of years, it's not really felt like we've done that quite a lot. Like there was a little bit. It's nice to see like some kind of killer instinct developing. And, you know, yeah, Norwich would have already been relegated. Yeah, the home record shit. But again, there's been times in the past where it's like, you know, we just don't have to. Like it's kind of been a feeling like, oh, we just don't have to lose today. And then you could kind of, you could smell the nerves through a TV. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that's been, that's been my favourite part. Of the of the top four run and just being like you know we we smell the chance and we actually do something about it and take it. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent. And and what would you say would be the letter grade for this season? Basically, um, I feel like so to try and segment it a bit because obviously you've got your report card transfers wise in January. I'd give us an A. I think it was. I I, I don't remember ever seeing. Tottenham signings personally hit the ground running that fast. Like I'm probably I'm probably sure if I thought about it a bit more, I could probably think of some. But considering you know every people, half the family has tried to get on Kulisevsky for ten minutes where he clearly wasn't match fit. But I think I don't remember two Spurs signings that have hit the ground running that well, especially in January. Um, I'm sure I'll probably think of one. So give us an A for transfers, mentality wise. You know, considering everybody likes to use that certain word on us. Um, I think mentality wise, I've got to give us an A for the running. Um, first half of the season gets a U. Um, Nuno gets <laughs> an A. Man hit him with them university grades. You know I mean? Straight U. Gets Module one. U. <laughs> gets U, bro. Like, for the first three games, like I can't even give Nuno an A for the first three games because we look fucking shit. So even that, like, first three games of C plus drop down to a U. Player improvements, specifically number two, Emerson, Ben Davies, and Sessegnon. I think I'll give them man in particular, I'll give them a C plus. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there, there were certain men, and no offence to them, you know, certain men were only capable of doing the foundation paper. 
but the most you could get was a C. So I'm giving them <laughs> a C. Um, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Levy, I'm going to give him a B, mainly because he had the balls to turn around and be like, hey, he was on hands and knees, like, hey, Conte, please, man. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, innit? I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> like, that, that is, I, I was so shocked. I, don't, I think that's the thing that struck me the most this season that we actually somehow, like, because for such an emotional person to bring Conte back second time I've asked, and I think that's a bit of a masterstroke. And it's kind of felt like the way Conte has expressed himself and and he basically tells off Levy every time. Like, obviously, Dave, you're a teacher. I'm sure you've seen at a parents' evening, certain man, like, they're cowering in front of the teacher and, like, the parents just looking at, you can see the look in the eyes. I feel like Conte gives Levy that look every single night on FaceTime. And that's and that's why we are where we are, and that's why I've got 150 mils. You know what I'm saying? So, I think over, overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a B plus. I was inclined to a minus, but I'll give it I'll give it a B plus for now. Fair play. If you guys haven't noticed, uh, we've had Asa join us from across the pond. How are you today, my brother? It's a it's a beautiful day in in sunny California, so I'm I'm doing good. <laughs> As, as you are our correspondent over there, we are going to take a leaf out of uh, season summaries done on the state side. Uh, so I want to I want to know three things. Uh, first and foremost, I want to know the MVP uh, at Tottenham Hotspur for this season. So we're gonna for for MVP, um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this as as like the least Skip Bayless bullshit as possible. Like I'm I'm just trying to like I'm trying not to do the, the hot take thing. It's um, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, look, you, you, you can't look at this team and, and if you're going to go players on the field, if you're going to go MVP as most valuable player, I mean, look, there's, there's a guy who, who scored 23 goals and look, did he spend half the year playing like crap? Yeah. Yeah, he did. But he scored 23 <laughs> and you, you know, you look across the road, uh, in North London and, and they would kill for someone who could score, you know, 13. So Six. three. Yeah, like they don't so so like goal scoring matters in this game. And look, like if you wanted to say like who did I believe technically was the best player, you know, from soup to nuts, it's Romero, and I, I don't think it's particularly close. But but look, goal scoring matters, and Sonny put in twenty three without a penalty. So you know, it's I, I said I was going to try not to be Skip Baylessian, but that's <laughs> I mean you got to you got to play the game. So uh, second up is defensive player of the year. I, I think I know what you're going to say, but this might be where I chime in and maybe debate you quickly because uh, that's what American uh, sports analysts do. So It's what we uh, do. It's, we, <laughs> we embrace debate. That was the worst era of ESPN possible. It was awful, <laughs> unwatchable. Anyways, um, so in, in terms of defensive player of the year, I mean, it's Romero, but I want to I wanna get re- – like I, I, I want to shout out my like my take that I've had on this podcast now for like – two months, which is that Ryan Sessegnon defensive stopper is the future. And I, I just want to like put him up there. Like he's going to be like the, uh, the Jaron Jackson jr. Who doesn't ever win the award, but he's constantly in the top three. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's Sess's career trajectory, but it's, it's Romero. I mean, the, the way that the defense looks um, with him and without him is just is night and day. And I've seen Eric Dyer with uh, Romero and without Romero. And, and it's not Eric Dyer. And Ben Davis, like, look, I, he looked good as a left center back, and I, I do not trust him. And as for the guy wearing number two, I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to say. And, and last, last but not least, I would say uh, most improved player or sort of British size in this 
uh, would be young player of the year. Ah, okay. So, so for this one, it's it's tough because I don't think that we saw Kulisevsky improve at Spurs, right? Like he he improved based on what we thought he was. But this is this is I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you like a peek behind the scenes of my my crap with NBA Most Improved Player of the Year. Um, you can't be a, an improved player if if you're like a lottery pick, right? Like if everybody thought you were gonna come in and be awesome, and then it takes you two years to be awesome, like that doesn't make you an improved player. It makes people dumb. Um, Kulisevsky, like we were all just wrong about how quickly he could hit the field running. Um, and, and that's not on him. That's not that he improved. It's just, he was allowed to play. So, um, if we're going to do improved player, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give credit to Eric Dyer. Like, look, like dude was unplayable for years, years. And, and he's, I mean, now he's at the point where like, I mean, should he be getting England international call-ups? Maybe. I mean, you know, like he's, he's at that level, which, which to me, if you had told me that two years ago, I would have been like, is there a different Eric Dyer? Like, uh, what are we talking about? Like the, the crappy midfielder who had to play center back? Like, what are we talking about? But he's, I mean, he's done the job. Um, as for youth, I mean, I don't know, Skippy, I, I guess. Yeah. Nobody's I think, I think, I think that particular, that particular award is a little bit of a funny one because it's split into two halves, obviously. Skip didn't play the entirety of the second half of the season, and Kulisevsky did Kulisevsky yeah. stuff. So uh, I think that would be a joint award. In terms of most improved, and I know I said that we'll combine those awards, but it has to be either Dyer or Davis. Again, they have to split that shit, because as far as I'm concerned, Dyer was the best defender this year, uh, just because he offered stability, didn't make a single mistake leading to a goal, uh, anchored the defense pretty much. Like we we kept the majority of our clean sheets with him in the team. And although Romero is a fantastic front foot defender, I feel like he was very reliant on the fact that both Dyer and Davis were stalwarts in the team and very, very, very responsible. Uh, but that that's a conversation for another day, I'd say. Um, what would be your letter grade before we move on to other proceedings sure uh so i i think i'm going to give them a uh a three five so in 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 the college system over here in america <laughs> you get you get uh numbers so a three five would be like a an a minus i guess um you know like look like the fact of the matter is is coming into the season after 72 days without a manager over the summer after kane not wanting to be here after all of the crap after not investing not really um, coming into this year, I didn't, I, I thought we weren't going to make Europe. I, th I thought eighth, I was like, you know what? Like the, the conference league is going to be a huge detriment. We're going to have to split time. It's going to be a distraction. And is this is going to be bad. And, um, you know, Nuno gets credit those nine points in those first three games they, they don't count less. And, and, you know, he gets credit for that. I mean, was he a good manager? No. Did he deserve to be here? No, but those three games counted. Um, and, and from, from the beginning to the end, um, those points count the same. So from the first moment to the last, I mean, beating Man City, you know, and then, and then humiliating Norwich, I mean, a minus vibes, you know, could it have been better? Yeah, probably. But the vibes of the season were just like routinely and consistently positive outside of that, like what late October bit where it was just miserable. But um, I want to give a special shout out, like, like in terms of your grades, like sometimes you do group projects and somebody else contributes like a lot to your grade. And I just want to give a huge shout out to, uh, to Newcastle 
you know, they, they did a job and, and just big ups there. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give Arsenal any credit because even when they tried to help us, they suck. So um, best of luck with them. Uh, I hear Europa League is a lot of fun. Best of luck. Um, you know, I, Thursdays. Who plays on Thursdays? Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. A minus. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I like the way you put that. Uh, I will give my grade uh, just because, you, you know, you know, I can't just not participate um even with the hosting duties uh i'd say for me personally the the not that any of, of you actually asked someone asked just so it's not awkward what's, you what's your grade sir what's your grade oh thank thank you Sai, what is your grade we want to know <laughs> i'm so happy that you've asked uh so I, I i went into this season with basically no expectations whatsoever uh in my honest opinion it was a write-off from the moment that uh, Nuno was named um, and obviously us doubling back for Conte sort of uh, raised spirits but in all honesty I just expected to treat it like a preseason. Uh, so the grade for me was capped at a B minus uh, just from that from that standpoint alone. I don't think um, I don't think I could have I could have said that I expected us to make top four when he initially joined, but soon after we started to see the tactics take shape, once we started to see the philosophy start to be implemented and resonate with the players, I did feel like top four was a possibility, even with the blips that we had uh, towards the sort of middle point of the season. Um, and the reason I say B minus is because, as, as I said before, we're, we were basically looking at a free hit and we were very much reliant on the fact that Arsenal had to slip up and Manchester United had to be totally, totally uh, what's, what's impotent. Um, so ultimately, it was never in our hands until the very last kick of the, the season. So I can't really attribute too much of the success solely to us, if I'm totally honest. I know you have to win the games that are in front of you, but at the end of the day, as, as, as was the case when we uh, came third in a two-horse race and all of that good stuff, it's like you've got to be in it from the top of the season in order for me to really, really double down and say, okay, cool, we totally, totally deserved that. Um, so, yeah, B-minus for me, and that might be a little bit harsh, but I'm optimistic for the next season, and I feel like we, we have some real, real top-level excitement coming our way, um, which leads us nicely into the news this week. Um, different format from usually. We usually do the uh, news at the top of the week, but we've just got £150 million worth of investment uh, through shares that Enoch have basically made available, if you will. Um, there's a lot of excitement around the club. Uh, the fan base are losing their shit. Uh, it's everybody's football manager fantasy at this point um where do you think that leads us um because we've we've heard the names that have been mentioned we know the deficiencies in the squad do you feel and i'll, I'll go to you error first do you feel like levy and enoch are going to just splash that money or do you think there's going to be caveats to it uh, you know, it's interesting. Like at first, I thought it was just um, 
like just playing up to the audience just saying like yeah there's money available and then when they kind of made it clear that it's separate to like the champions league money and everything else i did get the impression that we're going to spend it um, i'm interested to see like the guys that we got out in january like if we if we actually can get some good money for them and then it seems like at least one you'd expect at least one sort of like marquee signing to come in um I'm just not sure whether it's going to be in a position that we need necessarily. But yeah, let's see how it goes, man. And uh, Tops, in terms of the names that have been mentioned, who who is the one that stands out for you as the biggest game changer? Um, Bastoni for me. 100. Bastoni for me. Um, I feel like... Uh, Davies has done an excellent job this season. Um, but I feel like a player of Bastoni's ilk, his quality, um, he's someone that could really take us to the next level. Um, not only is he skilled and uh, sort of honed or trained in Conte's, in Conte's style of football, having played under him at Inter, but you look at a lot of his um, physical attributes. Um, he's tall. He's quick, he's imposing, um, but also on a technical level, he's extremely, extremely technically proficient, very good long passer, very good infield passer, and also provides um, a dual threat from overlapping as well. Um, I understand that the fee is going to be a lot, it's going to cost a lot, but uh, this is the kind of player, in my opinion, that moves the needle for us. 100%. And Owen, on the, on the topic of players that we've been linked to, uh, obviously there's been murmurings that Paratici missed a, a free transfer, is potentially going to look back at an Ericsson or Bale or potentially one of the other free agents. Of, of the ones that have been named, uh, what combination of two would you take? Out of those names that you just put across so of the of the free transfers that are available so you've got ericsson you've got uh bale you've got guys like dibala pogba uh so on and so forth name two of of, of any free transfers which which ones would be your pick i would definitely need more of a range of the free transfers um because i was thinking about who would or what would move the needle for us the most from um the question you asked tops um i mean you know my thoughts on bail that's that's a massive no-no for me even um had to shut that down in a few spaces recently uh there's still fans that want him i just don't see it he doesn't care about spurs that's that's it for me and physically he's he's pretty done um ericsson uh, he would add a lot to our team but obviously that's a very delicate one so honestly I'm not sure on that one um, Paul Pogba 1000% yes I'd have him all day especially um, him coming through um, at the top level pretty much under Conte in that Juventus team which was a midfield three um, but you know if it's Pogba then you got you got to facilitate that Um but for me, um, I'd say the second player that was, I guess, moved the needle for us, maybe not a free transfer, 
definitely not free transfers. It's not going to be cheap, but someone like a, a Tarek Lamptey or a Yannick Carrasco at right wing back. Um, that's that's been the I'd say the weakest area um, over the course of this season in our team. Um, I think it's one of those uh, um, areas we definitely need to address in the summer as a contingency plan if teams are looking to try and figure us out and set up a deep block and, I guess, force us into obviously breaking them down. Um, and we, we essentially have no creativity over that side. And what we saw in some games is obviously teams forcing us out to our right-hand side and just shutting out Kane. But if you know if you've got someone who can, I guess, dominate their flank, take on a man, and um, look to create chances in someone like Lamptey or even a Liveramento or or Carrasco, um, then yeah, so be it. I know obviously we're heavily linked with Jihad Spence, but I haven't properly watched him to be honest. But if he's as good as some people have claimed him to be, then by all means, bring him in as well. Fantastic insight. Uh, Ohio, uh, I know that you are very much on the Dane Scarlet and Alfie Devine train, or more so Devine than, than Dane Scarlet. Um, there are obviously, well, there were reports that Scarlet has now signed a new deal. Um, what do you feel is the logical next step for both of those young men? Um, do they have a place in the squad going into next season, or is alone the only option? Um, just so f- to add a bit of context, I feel like obviously we don't want to talk too much about Poch, you know, we're moving forward, but we appreciate the foundation laid down. I think one of the things that I personally will always hold against Poch is that I never felt he quite got it right with the youngsters. I feel like maybe he got actually a bit too much credit because Winks came through at a time and obviously, I mean, Tim Sherwood brought through Harry Kane, do you know what I mean? Um, so I think logically. I I I'm I take my loans on football manager very very seriously. I check mm-hmm. everyone's training facilities. I check what formation and tactics the manager uses. If he's not using vertical tiki taka or gag and press, I'm not hearing it. But jokes aside, I feel like if we do sit, because I I don't think we've had two talents that get spoken about to the level they do in a long time. So obviously, even when Kane come through, and maybe I maybe my ear wasn't to the ground uh, enough, but I don't. We never really heard much about Kane before his debut. Do you know what I'm saying? Obviously, he had his loans at Millwall and Leicester. And to be fair, he's living, he's embodied proof that sometimes there's loans that work out. Um, I think logically alone for Divine and Scarlet would be best. Personally, I think I was a bit disappointed Divine didn't even get minutes against Norwich. Um, I think he's definitely good enough to have come on at 3-0, 4-0 when the game was completely done. But, you know, Contest Conte's manager does. I'll, I'll very rarely disagree with stuff Conte does. Um, I think watching Divine in a few under 23 games, especially when he was chucking it to Danny Drinkwater, like the kid's not scared of nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, I think he could definitely, I think he could definitely mix it up in the um, in the championship. My only fear is I hope he doesn't do what, and this isn't even trying to take a swipe at Arsenal. I hope he doesn't do a Wilshire, not necessarily. You know. I'm I'm not I know we had a discussion the other day about if youngsters go to the championship and if that affects their injuries long term, etc. But I think one thing that was always said about Wilshire, like as he got older when he came up from Bolton, is that 
you know, 50 50 is one thing, but Wilshire will see a 30 70 challenge situation like it's a 50 50 and will go in and probably did it a bit too much for someone so technically gifted. So I think that be, might be my only potential worry for Divine in the future, even necessarily at season. But to centralize on your question, D- Scarlett, I'm not too sure if he's championship ready only because I still think he's a bit and I think he's a bit slight, not necessarily small in terms of height or anything, because I think you could be 5'5 five five and still smash it in the Prem. I feel like he's still a bit slight and might have to learn a little bit of nitty-gritty in League One or maybe a slightly lower team in the Championship because where was Conor Gallagher before? He was at Charlton, wasn't he? Conor Gallagher was at Charlton. I don't know. if Was that League One or Championship at the time? I can't remember if they were low. It was League One. They were League One. And then halfway through the season, Chelsea made the smart move of moving him to uh, Swansea at the time. So I feel like that could be a potential option for either of them, to be fair. Um, you know, we because at the same time you don't want to over you don't want to overestimate their abilities. I have no I have no I strongly believe they have the ability for the championship, don't get me wrong, but I think they need to be playing against men who are like playing for their mortgages. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're comfy but not as comfy as a Prem guy. You know, there's a certain I wouldn't say Divine and that are too comfortable because Divine came through the Wigan system. Do you know what I'm saying? He got dropped from Liverpool. Like I know he, they both definitely know how to work hard. I don't think mentality is an issue for either of them. And it's a huge show of faith from the club to hand a contract to a kid who's... How old is how old Scarlett? 18? 18, uh, yeah. 18 this year. 18, yeah. yeah. And, you know, giving him a four-year deal could go on over two years. Who knows? So I think logically, if we find a team that plays good football, you know, actually wants to play the ball on the ground and not just ping it past the centre mids. And I don't want them going to run to the Ertz teams. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want Scarlett to go to a team and they're like, oh, we've got, we got the Blackie up top. Let's hit it, let's hit it long down the channel. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want him to go there. Um, <laughs> I know you like know exactly what I mean as well. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Bro, like, it was, ah, oh, I used to feel for my guys, man. But yeah, I think League One in a team that's like pushing. Um, but obviously, I think strong conversation needs to be had with said managers. Like, look, we believe our boys are ready to play, but we need a level of assurance that, you know, they're also going to play. But then we also might have to dig a bit deeper. Like, what clubs are missing this type of player? Because, you know, whilst it's not like football manager again, where if I put key player or important player and you're not playing and I just tell you off and you start playing him like... These guys have jobs and they have objectives and stuff. And we just have to do a lot of research because I think I genuinely believe that these two kids could be part of like our starting eleven for a long time. We just we just have to get it right. One hundred percent. And uh lastly, Asa, when it comes to uh building this squad going into next season, obviously there's only a finite number of places and we do have a lot of guys on the peripheries of our squad, either on loan or guys who are sort of just dwelling uh, in the locker room, making up making up space and taking up shirt numbers. Uh, so who would you say are the key outgoings this season to preserve that positive feeling and also clear some space and wage, uh, wage space for us to make real improvements next season? Sure. Um, so I, I want to first give my apologies to uh, my good friend Owen. Uh, Number eight's got to go. Um, Harry, <laughs> Harry, it's time to go. It's uh, time to go. It's time to go. Uh, that number eight jersey, like, there's a lot of people who could who could rock it pretty well, and he's he's not that guy anymore. If he ever was, 
It's um, not Weston McKinney, though. It is Weston McKinney. That, that's no, it's not. Okay. Let me let me guess. You want uh, Serginho Dest to wear the number two as well, yeah? I, I think that'd be fine for everybody involved. Uh, you know, you can... Uh, it's. I, I think it'd be fine, yeah. Um, no, uh, so I, I think going out, um, I think that each of the fullbacks, each of the wingbacks um, can leave. I, I, think, I think that that'd be fine for everybody involved. Um, I Which like ones Seth. in particular? So Emerson, Doherty, and, and Reggian uh, need to go, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind if Doherty stays, I guess. That those two games were really fun when he was not injured before Matty Cash took out his knees. Um, but, but Emerson Royale is not a guy I want um, in the squad on this team. Um, can't lie, I, I started to enjoy those compilations, man. <laughs> I mean, that was fun. That was fun. But, but he's just—he's not a guy who—who's—who's who, who's a fit, right? Like, I, and I think he, he would say that too. I think that he's not a wing back. Um, I think that that offensive responsibilities, such as they are, defensive responsibilities, such as they are, he's just not at this uh, level. You know, he—I mean, he lost out to your boy Serginho Dest at Barcelona, <laughs> and that says something, right? So, um, that's your so, boy, but <laughs> I mean, collectively, he will be all of our boys soon when he comes in. I, I, I can't like him, too. I can't like him. Um, hey, so I've got a quick question actually, as our yep. Cali, Cali correspondent. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler Adams, never seen him play, heard his mm-hmm. name loads, heard his link with leads. He looks good on FM, he can play fullback, sentiment. Like, what's he yeah. saying? So, he is, um, How's the best way I can put this? If if you were splitting up the games, if you could take off players when you were shifting from defense to offense, Tyler Adams would be the best player in the world. He is incapable of having the ball at his feet. I like I love him to death, and he is he's the best defensive mid that that America um, has and and will have for a very long time. Um, he's he's phenomenal defensively, um, but he cannot progress a ball. Uh, I like I love him to death. He cannot get the ball from defense to offense. Um, and if you watch, if you watch Leipzig, um, when he is on the field, they don't concede, but he, they need to figure out like ways to play around him. Um, so if, if he's a guy who's on your team and you're trying to do stuff and you're asking him to play a big role, I, I don't know that that's going to be successful. Um, Leipzig, he's been sort of out of the squad, you know, towards the second half of the league or second half of the year, but, but at, at a, at a mid table squad, um, I think he's, he's fine. Um, he's at least, I don't want him to go to Leeds because Leeds already has enough Americans. And if they go down, it will be the worst thing for my country possible. Um, like we can't have that. So, uh, but shout out Brandon Aronson. They, they announced that today. Um, so he'll be super annoying the two times that we play him because that's his entire aesthetic. Thank you. Cali correspondent. That's what I'm here for. I was, I was at, uh, the, uh, El Trafico last night, uh, LA galaxy versus LAFC, uh, there were multiple fights. It was a blast. It was <laughs> incredibly dumb experience. Um, yeah. But uh, Chiellini is coming. So in terms of like Juventus center backs, he's coming to LF- LAFC. So that's going to be dumb as well. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second that Owen. Second that. Second that. Yeah. He's going to make a lot of money though, living in Southern California and not doing jack shit. So, so. <laughs> big ups to him. As somebody who lives in Southern California makes not a lot of money, but does pretty much jack shit. <laughs> humble brag humble brag <laughs> so uh i think i think that's pretty much it for today's episode uh 
in terms of what you can expect from us, obviously we will still be running the pod throughout the off season. Uh, shout outs to uh, <laughs> American sports. Um, I do want to do more topical chats over the course of this period. Uh, so if you guys do have any topics that you want us to broach, uh, do let us know. Um, as always, make sure you're following on the socials at New Spurs Order or one word. Make sure that you are on this new YouTube feed, the Touchline community. Stay locked in. Keep up to date. Feedback is always great. And yeah, on to next season. Come on, you Spurs. And fuck legacy fans. New Spurs order. Out. Bow, bow, Games bow. in hand over points on the board, baby. <laughs> on your head tops. <laughs> <laughs> On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oriyeh! Sports Social Podcast Network.